The Preds take on the LA Kings tonight on the West Coast. What are the keys for the Predators to win that game? Plus, we have first half grades for the Preds' top line of Philip Forsberg, Ryan O'Reilly, and Gustav Nyquist. What have they done well? What do they need to do better? We'll talk about it today on the Locked On Predators podcast. Your Locked On Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making the Locked On Predators podcast your first listen of the day. Every single day, we are your free daily Nashville Predators podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I want to start out with a special shout out to our loyal Locked On Fred heads out there, the everydayers who tune into every single show. We love you guys and we appreciate the support you give us week in and week out. I'm Nick Morgan. I'm a writer at Penalty Box Radio and I have a partner in crime. You do. I'm Ann Kimmel. I'm a writer at the Hockey News. Today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50 plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com and use Locked On to get $20 off your order. On today's show, we will continue first half grades from the season. Today, we will look at Philip Forsberg, Ryan O'Reilly, and Gustav Nyquist, the Preds' top line. Uh, clearly carrying this team right now. Yeah. Uh, we'll look at how they've carried this team and also maybe some things that they can do better in the second half of the season. First, though, let's get to tonight's game between the Predators and LA Kings, a nine o'clock central puck drop out there on the West Coast. Um, this is an interesting matchup, and because for months and months and months, we've been talking about the LA Kings being one of the best teams in the NHL. Uh, yeah. You know, we, we've talked about them kind of being the standard, maybe surprising. A lot of people were kind of even whispering after the first month or so in the year. It's like, is this a, is this a cup contender right here? Uh, and now here we enter tonight's game. Uh, the Nashville Predators have, you know, on average played pretty well over the last little bit. Um, the LA Kings, meanwhile, have just one win in their last 10 games. And all of a sudden, Anne, entering tonight's game, we could see a scenario in which the Predators pass the LA Kings in the standings points wise. Yeah, and I think that's a little bit surprising because I'm with you. I think at the beginning of the season, as you watch the LA Kings, I don't know that anybody preseason was predicting them to be quite as good as they were. I think kind of expectations for Cam Talbot in net were, hey, he's 36 years old, but he's not dead yet. It's kind of the level at which I think people thought Cam Talbot was going to execute his game. He's been very good. You know, he's been good enough for the LA Kings and they've definitely had some players take some steps forward for them. And of course, you know, the usual suspects are having good seasons, but it's interesting that the predators are meeting up with the Kings when the Kings are kind of on this, this little bit of a, of a skid because, you know, which LA Kings team are we going to see and can the Nashville predators capitalize on this game at this time with the standings, the way they are, this is kind of a big game for Nashville. 
Yeah. The Kings are an interesting bird here, Anne, because, you know, we've talked about their, you know, their issues here in their last 10. Uh, and it's interesting because you look at the roster and there's some good stuff going mm-hmm. on. You know, Anze Kopitar is leading the team in points again, uh, 39, even though yeah. that's that's not necessarily a high number. Um you know, you, you look and I think the team defense has been pretty good this year. Uh, but the biggest thing, the biggest reason for both their success and the reason that they're sliding lately uh, has been goaltending. Yeah. And, you know, Cam Talbot was realistically, I, I would say, maybe a Vezina front runner when this season started. And, yeah. you know, you look and he does not have a win since December 23, uh, has allowed four or more goals uh, in three of his last four starts or three of his last five starts, I should say, uh, including two games with five. Um, it ha- And, you know, there's been some performances like that Florida game in which he, you know, kind of got left out to dry, faced True. 41 shots. But, you know, you also have performances where he's letting in, you know, five goals on 27 shots like the other night against the Detroit Red Wings. So the goaltending has kind of cooled off and you're seeing that X factor for why the Kings were so hot to begin the season not quite there anymore. Um, And I have to ask, you know, if you're the Nashville Predators who very quietly, despite all their chaos, have averaged about, you know, 30, 35 shots a game. Um, you know, they've even gotten close to 40 in these past couple yes. of games. Is this a game in which if you're Andrew Burnett, you're just saying, okay, let's just put what we have on net and just, you know, swarm, swarm, swarm and see if they can handle it. Yeah, I think this game should look very different than the game against the New York Islanders, where I feel like the Nashville Predators were really playing a very patient game of hockey chess. I agree with you when you've got, you know, Cam Talbot kind of struggling. They also don't have Phoenix Copley, who is out. He had ACL surgery. He's out for the season. Their backup, who we love, let's be clear, we love us a little David Riddick. But I'm not saying, you know, I I don't think he is necessarily the backup who is going to steal you a bunch of games if you're the LA Kings. So, you know, this is really going to be a game where I expect we'll see Cam Talbot in net. Uh, He was in net against Dallas. They lost to Dallas on Tuesday, five to one, but I expect we'll see Cam Talbot in net could be David Riddick. I don't know, but regardless of who it is, this is a game that's going to, that should look different than, than the Islanders game in that you have got to put pucks on net. You know, you've got to put pucks on net and you've got to have guys fight to get to what Andrew Burnett calls the good ice for things like rebounds. You know, Talbot has let in a lot. uh, He's let a lot of rebounds go that have ended up in the back of the net. And this is exactly what the Nashville Predators need to do tonight. It's pucks on net, baby. We need to see 35 shots on goal. Yeah. Um, Here's an interesting question for you, Anne. Uh, you look at Pierre-Luc Dubois, that was sort of the big headline Yeah, uh, grabbing trade this season. Uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois has not been good this season. No. Um, kind of teetering between just not good and actively kind of bad. 
Yeah. Uh, you look at what the Winnipeg Jets are doing this year and some of those depth guys uh, that they sent the other way. Like, you mm-hmm. know, you look at, yeah, you look at Gabe Velarde, who, you know, got hurt, but had, um, you know, 20 points in 25 games that he's played uh, this season. You look at Alex Ayafalo, who has almost the same point total as uh, Dubois in LA does. And he's like a third, fourth line guy. Right. Do you regret this trade so far if you're the LA Kings? Let me tell you, I, I like Pierre-Luc Dubois as a player. I think this is probably one of the worst deals that went down. And and you just based solely on who got what, you know, if you're the LA Kings, you're hoping that this turns around pretty quick. But this is one of the deals in the NHL that went down and you're going, this is not how we, this is not at all how we expected this to go. If you're the LA Kings, he just really, he really has not been himself on this team. And it's something, you know, the LA Kings have been successful, I think, despite that, but he's a piece where you, you've got to add him. You've got to get the value added to him if you want to make a postseason run. And and I'm just not sure they've seen much of that at all this season from Dubois. So this, this was Potentially one of the worst deals short term so far in the NHL. Ouch, man. Sorry. Yeah. Um, maybe Pierre Luc Dubois gets better. I, I don't know. I, I was one of the people that even before that deal went through, I'm like, are we overvaluing Dubois a little bit? Like, has he really shown that much in LA? Um, you know, that or did he even show that much in Winnipeg? That right. We're like, oh, we gotta, we're climb, we gotta climb over top to to get this guy. Like, we gotta yeah. sell out, and he's kind of our central piece. I I wasn't on that bandwagon to begin with, and it, it's yeah, not looking to right. anything to change the mind. Uh, yeah, right yeah. There are going to be a couple familiar faces for Nashville Predators fans. Of course, this is where Kevin Fiala is. He's the third leading point scorer on the team. Um, We were talking about this before the game. No Victor Arvidsson jump screens tonight. He is out with a back injury. But just file it away in the back of your mind. There is a chance that we could see famed Nashville Predators forward Sam Fagimo in tonight's game for the LA Kings. They picked him up off of waivers and they've recalled him from the Ontario reign where he has absolutely been on a tear in the AHL. I think he's played like 20 games and maybe Mm -hmm. is the top scorer in the AHL right now. So anyway, just a couple familiar faces we may see in the opposing black tonight or silver. I don't know what they're wearing. Yeah. Um, I don't know what their jersey like their jerseys. I don't know. It's whatever the Kings plan on wearing tonight. A combination of black and silver. There you go. Uh, Yeah, nine o'clock Central Park drop. So we'll be up late for that, and then we'll come back with recap uh, tomorrow. A big factor in this game, Ann, is going to be the top line. I would say for the Nashville Predators, Philip Forsberg, Ryan O'Reilly, and Gustav Nyquist. We'll take a closer look at their game in the first half of the season coming up here on the Lockdown Predators podcast. First, though, I want to mention today's episode is brought to you by 
Jace Medical. Uh, I'm glad you guys are here talking hockey with us. Um, I don't know if you're about, you know, I don't know if you're like me, but sometimes I like to use sports as sort of an escape uh, from reality. After a long day of work or, you know, tough times, sometimes I like to just put on a hockey game and cool down. But that doesn't give us the ability to just sort of ignore real life. And according to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics like amoxicillin right in the middle of the worst flu season in over a decade. That's why I trust Jace Medical. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including respiratory infections, sinusitis, skin infections, UTIs, and many other things that can happen to literally any one of us. Visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medication will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. You'll have those antibiotics with you at all times. You can just keep them in the house if you're concerned about supply chain shortages. You can take them with you if you're traveling. That way you don't get caught abroad or away from your home and unable to get life-saving antibiotics. This is investing in a good peace of mind for you and your family. And it's never been more important to be prepared than today. Go to jacemedical.com and use offer code LOCKEDON to get $20 order. Again, offer code LOCKEDON to get $20 off at Jace Medical. All right, and we are looking at the Nashville Predators top line today. Putting them under the microscope a little bit. We have Philip Forsberg. Ryan O'Reilly and Gustav Nyquist. Um, I would say it's the single biggest three reasons to the Nashville Predators' success uh, this season. And Philip Forsberg, we we know we 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 know what he's doing right now. Forty eight points this season leads the team. Twenty two goals that leads the team second uh, behind Roman Yossi assists in 26 um, has uh, is on pace for his career best season, uh, even better than the 84 point season. He had a couple of years ago, Ryan O'Reilly is on pace for his best scoring season uh, since 2019, which is when the blues won the cup and he won the Selkie uh, and Gustav Nyquist, who I uh, think a lot safe to say, and was sort of the forgotten signing of the off season. Uh, I think a lot of people's reactions were just, Oh yeah. Ghost Nyquist still sort of in the league on pace for his best statistical season since 2015. So you have a lot of, I think, exceeding expectations here uh, on the Nashville Predators top line. What do you see out of the man? When you look at this top line, I think you're looking at one of the better top lines, I think in the Western conference, when you're looking at playoff teams, when you're looking at teams that the Nashville Predators are competing with for a spot in the playoffs, I think you have to look at the Nyquist O'Reilly Forsberg line as one of the best, you know, one of the most productive lines that's a blessing and a curse for the Nashville Predators for a couple of reasons. Um, individually, like you said, I mean, these guys are each having some of their best seasons. And and I think it's a little bit surprising when you look at somebody, you know, Gus Nyquist is 34 years old. The Nashville Predators signed him. He was injured at the end of last year. He was traded at the trade deadline, just played three games for the Minnesota Wild coming off of an injury. So I don't know 
that we really had super high expectations for a player like Gus Nyquist. But I think he has been a delightful signing for the Nashville Predators. One of the words that Andrew Burnett consistently uses when he talks about Gus Nyquist is he talks about him being a very cerebral player, you know, somebody who thinks the game at a really high level. The thing that is interesting to me about Gustav Nyquist is that I don't think this season has been the season that they anticipated for him, not necessarily production-wise, but I think role-wise, because it seemed the role for Nyquist was going to be, hey, you are going to be the guy that gets Cody Glass into top six shape, top six form. You're going to help yeah. him find his game. And I think we all know that this has not been that season for Cody Glass, but where Nyquist has landed has just really opened up his game and his production offensively has been amazing. Yeah. You know, for Nyquist to me, um, the one thing I'm really impressed with was his two-way game. And that's kind of what stood out to me this year. Look, I, I make no secret about my, you know, Detroit Red Wings roots. I watched a lot of Nyquist. Yeah. when he was on the Red Wings. This man was speed, 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 and then either make a good pass or make a shot, you know, that it would either miss 20 feet wide or go right to the top corner and no in between. Yeah. Um, you know, defense wasn't his game. I think, like, there was a lot of people, even when the signing happened, like a lot of the advanced analytics, people put out a lot of charts. It was like, yeah, this guy is speed and nothing else. And a big old issue on defense. Um, and so imagine my surprise when it's middle of season and I start seeing him on the top penalty killing unit for the national right. predators. And I go, what the hell is this? What are they doing right now? Um, and, but he he's owned it and you've seen him, you know, use his skill, I think on the penalty kill which is kind of a big thing. You know, we, we talked about, you know, maybe not necessarily, you know, a kind of a trend across the NHL teams, not necessarily playing like their most obvious defensive forwards, you know, like the, just like the big, like Michael McCarron right. sort of type guys and maybe opting more towards, you know, using some speed, using some of your skill guys to go out there and, you know, win puck battles and, you know, maybe try to keep possession rather than just sort of, you know, skating back and forth and getting into lanes and blocking shots and everything like that. And I think that's been maybe the most eye-opening thing about Nyquist's game this season is his use as kind of the possession-gaining, um, you know, sort of two-way forward as opposed to what we thought we were going to get when he came in the season, which is just sort of a go, 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 go. Right. You know, sort of, I guess like a wide receiver of the Nashville predators. Like if you're comparing it to the football team, just the guy that just runs the, you know, the runs, the four two forty, you know, runs the 40 yard routes downfield and, you know, doesn't block, doesn't do anything else. <laughs> just, just turns on the jets. And, you know, surprisingly that's not been his game this year. It's been very well-rounded. Yeah, the other thing that I really like that we're seeing kind of continue to develop with Nyquist, you know, you talk about special teams, you know, that top 
power play unit. While the success rate has not been what we needed to be from that top power play unit, one of the things that I really like is that when Gus Nyquist brings the puck into the zone on the power play in that top unit, you know he's going to get it in there. Like I think that's one of those little tiny skills that has made a really big difference for Nashville as far as getting zone time on the power play. Now, are they capitalizing on the power play like they need to? No. Tonight's game against the LA Kings is going to be very difficult. LA has one of the, they have the best ranked penalty kill in the league currently. So it's going to be a challenge, but I think when you have somebody like Gus Nyquist who has speed, but who also can handle the puck well, who kind of sees the game unfolding quickly, you know, that's somebody who's really helping the power playing unit get set up. Now we just need them to finish for the love of all that's wholly finished. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Let's talk about Ryan O'Reilly. Uh, just a little bit here, Anne, uh, and then we'll talk about Philip Forsberg uh, as well. Um, you know, for for Ryan O'Reilly, for me, um, it was it was everything that was as advertised when Barry Trotz yeah. signed him. It was like, look, he's going to be the culture guy. He's going to be sort of the lead by example guy. If you watch him, you know, we're bringing him in this locker room because, hey, you young players that are in this locker room. We want you to watch what he does, and then we want you to sort of, you know, I guess embody that or sort of duplicate that. We want you to kind of just pick up on his routines, and maybe it'll rub off on you yourself. And I think it's, you know, you can do that with any player. Like, you can take just a veteran player around the NHL and be like, this guy uh, has a lot of good accolades to his name. Watch what he does. Watch how he prepares. But I think it's more impactful to do that when the player you're emulating has a successful as a season as Ryan O'Reilly did. He's coming in here. He's second on the team in points right now. Yep. Uh, you know, he's he's having his best statistical season or, or on pace for it in years. And I, I think that is more impactful um, because it's, it's almost like – and we talked about this when – the Preds started winning games in that Andrew net possession based style. It's like, you can preach something as much as you want, but when you see those results come, come on from what, you know, the coach is telling you to do and telling you to kind of believe in and reshape your philosophy, that's when it clicks. And I think, you know, watching what Ryan O'Reilly has done this year, his work ethic, the way he prepares, the way he plays the game, that's going to click for a lot of the young Nashville Predators on this team. Yeah, and I think you're seeing that right now with somebody like Luke Evangelista. You know, um, Ryan O'Reilly, we, you know, the, the term that Barry Trost used was serial winner. And I'm like, yes, he won a cup, he won a Selkie. He's a really great player. But he has changed the way the young players prepare for the game. Luke Evangelista became the guy who competed with Ryan O'Reilly for last off the ice. And I think you are seeing the payoff right now for a young player like Luke Evangelista. Phil Tomasino, the same thing, putting in the work like Ryan O'Reilly puts in the work. Like I and, and I don't think he does it with words. I think he just goes about his business in a way that shows these young players, this is what you have to do 
to win. You can't cut the corners. And so I do think you are already seeing the benefit of having his voice, his experience, his example in this locker room. And on top of the fact that when he's on the ice, there's not an area of the game he doesn't affect. You know, he is a penalty killer. He plays on the top power play unit. Um, he's terrific at five on five. I think his defensive game is incredible. There, There is rarely a game that I watch where there isn't a moment where I think, damn, Ryan O'Reilly, you know, you are exceptionally good. And and yeah. I know he's 32 years old and, and people kind of are like, hey, why are we getting these older veterans? This is exactly why you sign these older veterans. He is exactly as advertised. Yeah. I agree. Uh, one more take on Ryan O'Reilly, and then we'll talk about Philip Forsberg uh, and maybe his expectations for the second half of the year coming up in just one second. First, I want to let you know this episode's brought to you by our great friends at Indeed. We are all driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform. They have over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just do the work fast. 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. So join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Listeners of our show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash locked on. Again, just go to indeed.com slash locked on right now and support our show by saying you heard about indeed on this podcast. Again, check out indeed.com slash locked on terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need indeed. Uh, and one last question about Ryan O'Reilly. You know, we talked about his philosophy. Uh, we talked about the way he prepares. What do you see from him on the ice that maybe has contributed most to his success this year? I really think he is that high-level thinker. I, I, I think he sees the game in Philip Forsberg's speed. I think he sees the game in Gustav Nyquist's speed. I also think he is able to make adjustments to what he sees <coughs> Sorry, on the ice as it's happening. So if you put Ryan O'Reilly out there with a Luke Evangelista, if you put Ryan O'Reilly out there with a, a Phil Tomasino or a younger player, he knows how to make the adjustments on the fly for what is happening on the ice in real time in front of him. And I really think that that, that is a unique talent that he has. So for me, I think he just reads the ice well and adjusts so immediately to what's happening in front of him. And you can see it on things like the penalty kill. You can see it on things like the power play. He just uh, makes those mental adjustments so flawlessly. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm with you there. I think he's a guy that's just, I think when you talk about hockey awareness, he is yeah. sort of the, the template yes. for that. Just all just so good. So good at knowing not where you know his players are going to be, but where other players are yes. going to be. It's like he's he's like the the kid genius who can see the chess pieces animating before he even lifts up uh, yeah. his first piece. He's um, the Doogie Hauser of the Nashville Predators. 
too young to know what that means. Okay, never mind. I know, I know there's a Neil Patrick Harris reference. There is, there yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's the Sheldon. Yeah. I don't watch that show either. Okay, never mind. He's really smart, y'all. There we go. Um, he's Christian Hilbicki from Survivor. Don't watch that. Okay, we'll find a show. We'll find we it. both watch and then yeah. go from there. Um, <laughs> let's talk about Philip Forsberg. And, let's talk about him. Um, we talk about him every week just because he's sort of, you know, the best player on the Nashville Predators yeah. uh, this season. Uh, on pace for 85 points right now, which would top his career high that he set uh, two years ago. Um, you know, he is on pace for, I think, 43 goals at the moment, if I'm mm -hmm. doing math right. Um, so that would put him... Um, you know, that would put him at his career high as well. Yeah. So the question for you, Anne, is, is this, Andrew, you know, Philip Forsberg and Andrew Burnett's system, is this what we're going to have? Or, or is it going to be a case of the same old Forsberg at the end of this year where injuries kick in and consistencies kick in and, you know, Peter's out at 60, 70 points? No, I think that this uh, this change in um, coaching, I think this change in style of play does nothing but benefit Philip Forsberg for a couple of reasons. First of all, it obviously taps into the style of play that he is best at. This, you know, he is a fast player. He's a very smart offensive player. The other thing about Philip Forsberg that always surprises me, and I don't know why I'm consistently surprised by it, but he is um, deceptively strong with the puck. Uh, he is deceptively physical. Here's where I think the difference is going to be down the stretch this season for Philip Forsberg. I think this style of play takes a lot of the wear and tear off of Forsberg. You know, it even though he can play a strong physical game, there isn't the the you know just constant forechecking that I think led to a lot of his injuries down the stretch. And I think when you play a more open game, you play a more north-south, speed-focused, offensively-minded, puck-possession game, you eliminate some of that wear and tear that I think has really cost Philip Forsberg down the stretch when it comes to injuries. So yeah. for me... I think what we're seeing now is we're seeing the best of Philip Forsberg, but I don't think it's the exception. I think this is who he is. I think this is what we can expect from Forsberg. I think we're going to see a healthier player long-term. I think we're going to see a guy who is going to be extremely offensively productive. Um, and I think we're going to see his best seasons ahead of him because of Andrew Burnett's style of play. Yeah. And he's 29 years old, which means realistically, he's still got a few seasons of his prime yes. left in the tank. So if this is, you know, sort of the standard for Forsberg for the next couple of years. I'm loving it. The Preds have a piece. I'm loving like, it. I mean, the Preds have a piece. I mean, they definitely need more. But I think if anything, you know, when. OK, so let's like flesh back to, you know, the off season when. Barry Trot said, you know, hey, there's three people I want to build around. Philip Forsberg, Roman Yossi, and UC Saros. And I think the question from a lot of people around the league, not necessarily in Nashville, but around the league was, is that enough? Like, right. is that really a winning core? And I think if you see somebody like Forsberg, yeah, I think the Predators need some help still. But if Philip Forsberg's doing this every year, all of a sudden you do have a legitimate top line threat to build around 
And once you get him, you know, a, a hot young playmaker, once you get him some scoring depth behind him uh, to, you know, so, so teams just can't load up on the top line. Right. This is, I would say a big thing for the predators future. And again, like he's 29, realistically he's going to have a few more years left in his prime and if the preds can kind of figure some things out quickly they're all of a sudden a more dangerous team than maybe you'd expect them to be you know three four years down the line yeah Yeah. and i think with all three of these top line players i think the thing that the nashville predators really need to see in the future is they need to see some of these young players who are able to come up and play with a fellow forsberg play with a Ryan O'Reilly, then give a Ryan O'Reilly or a Gus Nyquist a younger player to help uh, skate on a line with and help develop. Because I think ideally that is how you're going to get some depth developing. These three guys can't carry the team. They're doing a hell of a job right now, but eventually they need to be able to uh, help develop some of these younger players as well. That's a huge role for all three of them. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, We'll see if all three of them uh, can make an impact tonight against the LA Kings. Again, 9 o'clock Central Puck Drop. We'll have a full recap of that game tomorrow on the show. That's going to do it for us on today's Locked on Predators podcast. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Back with an all-new episode tomorrow. We'll see you then.